0: Mana 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 This is Social Discasting. Welcome to Social Discasting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives. amidst miss the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves? I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is who is my guest? My guest is somebody I went to junior high and I think high school with. We were in the band in the percussion section. And he also is a soccer coach. Which is really cool, and I possibly have questions about. But I haven't talked to him in quite a long time—in decades, quite possibly. So this will be interesting. Welcome, Zach. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. no <laughs> hey, no problem at all. So I guess first—I said first question, but I only have a question. So I guess it is both the first and quite possibly the last. But how are you?
1: I'm doing. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing good. Things are good. Things. It's a little slow, but. Uh you know we're slowly getting into the soccer season if you know fingers crossed we'll see how it goes it's been a little tough this year but uh, my wife is due to have her little girl in September so we've been dealing with that and we already have a little two-and-a-half year old boy so we've been keeping busy at home and making that work she's been working at home with her job so it's it's actually been kinda nice because we've had everybody here together and we just got done doing some a camping trip Which was his very first time camping, and uh, how did he like that? Oh, he loved it. He loved it. Honestly, the biggest thing was just trying to keep him in eyesight because he would just see something and just run, and that (laughs) it was just it was just tiring, man. It was just so tiring. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I imagine just uh, yeah, you got to focus on one thing while also just have your peripheral vision working. Yeah, exactly. At all times, just yeah. to, to make sure anything is he that just moves, uh, he'll go is he it. high energy by nature? Oh yes, yeah. Unfortunately, he
1: he got all of my uh, genes on that one,
0: <laughs> so which I apologize to my wife
1: daily on that one. So he's got
0: that soccer energy. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I I am curious though. You have a two year old already. Mm-hmm. One on the way in September. Mm-hmm. How has the quote-unquote process been for having one child and then having everything, you know, the run-up to a new child? How has that been different pre-quarantine and inter-quarantine?
1: Pre, I don't think really there was much of a difference, honestly. We were just sort of, we were so surprised that, I mean, we had been trying, but I guess, you know, obviously you you never know what happens. But, you know, we were expecting it, we were hoping for it, and it just happened, and you know, luckily we we had basically everything already in the house, so you know there wasn't really the rush to go out and go buy a bunch of stuff and to get the house ready or things yeah. like that. You know, it, it was already pretty much done. And uh, once she finally came along, you know, we just had to sort of wait for the opportunity to be able to find out, you know, how she's doing and is she healthy? Is, you know, what's going on with her? Because that was honestly the the, the biggest issue that we had during this whole time. Which was understandable you know we're not not that we're upset or anything like that but it was just the the fact that you know everything was so closed down and finding out right during this whole COVID 19 time period that we were going to have a, another kid you know you you want to be able to check and make sure everything's okay and everything's good to go and yeah. uh we just really weren't allowed to so we had to as a i guess it would be considered a, a wedding anniversary gift for ourselves we actually ended up paying someone to do the ultrasound and uh so we can actually see the boy is a girl and then uh make sure the heartbeat's good and all that and then once that happened we were a little more you know at ease because it had been two three months i think since we had really gotten a chance to find out anything so once we were able to get that there's just a huge sense of relief and then we were able to move forward and since that it's been you know back to just sort of their usual like i said we we already had stuff so we really didn't have a whole lot to do so now it's just sort of the fun part of you know everyone coming around and giving us girl clothes now since all we had was boy clothes so yeah you know just more stuff to store in the house <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I can't imagine that relief and like thank God. Yeah, happy, healthy, fantastic.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: How do you feel as a sports fan? Well, I guess maybe in general, but during a pandemic and that because I'm a big sports fan too. And the push mm-hmm. and pull of I love sports, but should they be doing this right now?
1: Right. It's I, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of on a on a weird little spot there because unfortunately that's sort of what I do. Yeah. But um, in terms of you know, it, it, as a fan, I guess. I I think after there basically being nothing from p- pretty much what the the end of February into early March they really mm-hmm. they basically stopped every sport there was really nothing all the way heading into I guess when really soccer I think was the first thing to start up in I think Germany
0: yeah as like the uh, Bundesliga right? yeah
1: yeah they started up and now they actually did have some rugby going on too in New Zealand, but you know, Hey, that's New Zealand, but, uh,
0: um, <laughs> yeah. and they actually and they're had, out of, they're out of quarantine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're, they're, they should be fine. And, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I think a part of me is, it was relief because it was just kind of, you, you finally, I guess it was more selfish because you just, you get something that you like that you can finally sit down and just sort of watch. Yeah. But the other part of me is thinking, you know, are they really doing everything they can to be safe? You know, because that's what's most important. You know, I, you know, we've gone through half of a, a season basically of nothing, and you know, is it really worth it? And uh, you know, can we wait a little longer? Because you know, because what ended up happening was, you had all these players in different sports. It didn't matter which one it was, who were starting to test positive. Yeah. So then they're having to get sent home, and then more people are getting. You know, testing positive, and and that's when they had to start doing you know sort of the NBA bubble and those types of things. And while well, certainly you know some leagues didn't have any kind of precautions like that, which you know, I guess we all kind of found out what happened with you know Major League Baseball right now. you have the Marlins having that issue where they had several people on on staff. I think well, um, close to fourteen 20, plus 40, the yeah, Cardinals. Something it's like it's been that, a disa-
0: yeah. Baseball's been a disaster. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's tough. truly awful, and it doesn't seem like they have. I mean, there aren't people in the stands, mm-hmm. okay? That's also, like, not even step one. That's, like, step zero. Right. Like, yeah, no, of course. <laughs> yeah. But then there are no measures in place seemingly for people just going about their lives outside of that. And right. they're getting affected, and it's awful, and it's, uh, to put it lightly, boneheaded. Right. The way that they're doing it. And yeah. it's definitely, unfortunately, giving all these other leagues that, you know, mm-hmm. might not be playing right now or maybe are playing and just realizing, okay, this is exactly what not to do. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. At the beginning, it was sort of like a, almost like a, a, false hope, really. At the beginning, yeah. And then all these leagues started saying, oh, "Okay, well, let's go ahead and do it and try it." And then it just, you know, it didn't work. So they had to kind of stop what they were doing, rethink things, and and, you know, we sort of now we we kind of have what we have now, where you know NBA is doing that crazy schedule of games that they're doing before even going into the playoffs, rather yeah. than just starting it uh the nhl i think which did a very good job in and how they went about it and in terms of i think they they did where they stopped they had certain teams that had more games played than other teams so they just did winning percentage um which was oh, that's perfect cool. yeah yeah that's smart. It was, yeah it was great and you know so now they have sort of these little play-in game like one round of playing games and then you go straight into the playoffs rather than finishing your season but um I like yeah that. no i mean it's 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 been interesting and you know, I I, I think uh, one thing that I saw a couple of days ago. And I'm I'm a Yankee fan, as you may know, but yeah, uh, you know, I watched them play the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, one of the former Yankees, D. Gregorius, I guess, had, you know, he, he was playing and still was wearing his mask because apparently he had you know some prior conditions that could cause him to you know
0: get covid yeah
1: so and and i'm thinking to myself you know is it really worth it to play and where you have to have your mask on the whole time just doesn't seem worth it but
0: i don't know how um it's funny i I saw somebody post on twitter about how people are marveling and admittedly rightfully so at least relative to other sports but how the nba hasn't had anybody that's gone in the bubble Mm -hmm. test positive right but they put it as like you can marvel at it and yes it is impressive in that regard But this is also just what we're supposed to be doing as a nation. They're just quarantining. Yeah. That's all they're. Yeah. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're just doing all the things that we should be doing nationally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Funnily enough, out of every place, in Florida is where it's happening. Of course. Which, you know, (laughs) because Florida, which it's like the walking butt of the joke of a confounding confluence of people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To put it lightly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it is funny that, yeah, of every place it's in Florida. Have you been watching any of the NBA games?
1: Uh, no, not really. That's one of the, that's actually one of the few sports I actually haven't watched uh, much at all. Really.
0: It's Um, different. Yeah. It's interesting to watch because the way they, they just have different, you know, cameras, like it's Mm -hmm. more just level with the actual court. Yeah. And it's um, a more compact stands, obviously because people aren't in them. But they have the right. digital fans. Uh huh. Yeah, the digital fans, Yeah. When I see clips on like Twitter or wherever, there's sometimes where a part of me is like, "Is this NBA 2K?" Yeah, like, it exactly. Takes, that it takes a second to too. adjust.
1: Yeah, that was the first first thought I, I had too when I first saw it. I just, I, it just, it seems strange with the camera angles and the fans, and yeah, it, it, it was the exact same thing. But I, I guess I, I kind of well, another one of my teams is the Nets too, and they had a lot of players that were out so another even decimated yeah it's another reason why I didn't really watch anything this time um but you
0: know I mean they never stood a chance with no. losing the players that they have you know Kyrie kind of opted out mm-hmm. kD was never going to come back anyway and certainly right. wouldn't now yeah and then a number of other players <laughs> and then even Michael Beasley was like okay well we have roster spots so we will place mm-hmm. some of our players with michael Beasley and then he tests positive for COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just gone before anything ever happened. Yeah, happens.
1: yeah and he was just a free agent signing. So. Yeah, 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 it was just yeah. Was.
0: Which is, I hope he is great, right, and doing okay. But in terms of, as soon as he's on there, it's almost like you become a part of the Nets. You get COVID because it was so immediate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like comically immediate. Uh-huh, yeah, I'm not
1: sure exactly <laughs> what that says about the organization, but
0: I I don't either. Eh, uh, do? <laughs> can't blame Mikhail Prokhorov because I guess he's not known her anymore. Yep, nope, not there anymore.
1: Can't blame Jay Z either. So no, all of his uh, point
0: oh oh one percent that he owns or whatever. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah, he owned a couple, uh, couple, couple chairs. (laughs) Do you think your Duke team is going to be good this year? Basketball? (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah, Um,
1: unfortunately, uh, you know that the team. I it's. it's kind of rough talking about it, honestly, because it's. Oh, really? Okay. Well, no, no, no. I mean, it's fine, but it's just sort of. Uh, they've changed how they've gone about doing their uh, recruiting standards, I guess you can say. And I'll be the first to say I don't know how legit they are um, oh. about getting those players. So it's kind of tough because, you know, we kind of went to this time period. They were having a lot of players that end up graduating, you know, which is an, an odd thought to think about, you know, yeah. having upperclassmen. And now you've gone to where. You know, we're having, you know, season after season of just one and done freshmen and then they leave. You just don't get enough time to really watch them.
0: Yeah, it's an arms race. Yeah, So you
1: just don't really know, you know, who's who and who's playing. And of course, I got to see a little bit of, you know, last year and the year before and all that. But the team's just changed so much that I I just, uh, you know, of course, I love them. I've been a fan of theirs since 87, I think. Yeah. But uh it's kinda to that point now where we just kinda I think we need to kinda like say, Well hold on now, let's let's not do this Kentucky style of, of recruiting and let's 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 go back to getting the guys that wanna that truly wanna be there, you know, not just for the shoe contract.
0: It's funny, I was gonna say like in my brain it's it's the Calipari effect. Right, exactly. For sure. You yeah. know, it's uh Yeah. And to be fair, like it's a mutually advantageous relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. get great coaching. It also speaks to, I mean, honestly, if kids want to come out of high school, I, let, let them go. Right. Oh, that's you know, nice, that should be their decision. Yeah. Especially in a world where it's the system of you get nothing out of this from the NCAA. Mm-hmm. They absolutely use you. Yeah. It's just the idea that they're beholden. To that. Right. Is that uh, It's arbitrary to me. I, right. I think just let them go if they want to go. Yeah. I as mean, much as it's terrible too, but then again, what's one year at that point anyway? And
1: that's that's the thing, honestly. It's, it's the only sport that really does this to where you're, you're forcing this kid – to, well, I mean, I guess football does it too, but there's yeah. you know a little bit of a reason for that. You know, obviously you're still growing, you're still trying to you know you're still maturing, so it's probably not the best sport to to go out there with thirty year olds <laughs> yeah, and, and go bang saying. helmets, you know. But when you think of things like baseball and, and hockey, where it's you know, hey, you want to come out, come out. And if you don't make it, you don't make it. And, you know, if you want to test the waters, that's fine. But we're not here to sort of hold your hand, and, which which is a great thing to have. And if, if that's what, you know, the players want to do, then by all means, if you want to go make yeah. your money, don't let me stop you doing that. You know, I think we've gotten to a weird place now where you have players that are sort of demanding money. And yet, I, I mean, they just, they're just they just going to leave that next year anyway. Which and, and I guess the other part, too, that I have, especially coming from sort of a college soccer standpoint is that, you know, really it's all about revenue in terms of how much the the school's making and and how much you should pay your, your student athlete. But the problem is, is that does women's soccer make as much as football, you know? So does that mean that the pay is going to be different? So, you know, so that, that, Oh yeah. I don't
0: even, I can't imagine figuring that out. So
1: that's, that's the part of it that if they want to pay players, great. But uh, I know that, you know, I worked with a lot of great hardworking girls where we would have two training sessions a day in a, a, you know, doing a study period of of formations and breaking down systems of play, then they're working just as hard as any other football player. So why shouldn't they be paid the exact same, you know? And the fact is, is that more likely they won't be. And what's going to end up happening at the very end is you're going to have a lot more people thinking, well, I don't want to go play tennis because they're not going to make as much in college as let's say these basketball players will. Yeah. You know, So what ends up happening is you have these other sports that, you know, obviously this is down the road and more hypothetical than anything else. But these sports may be losing players just for the fact of college may pay certain athletes more depending on their sport that they're playing. So
0: It's so easy to say pay college players. Mm -hmm. But then the idea of defining that and figuring that out on any – I can't imagine. Yeah i oh, can't yeah. imagine
1: there's so much to it and i I, don't, I think a lot of people when they just say pay them you know there's yeah there's just there there's no real thought behind it it's just sort yeah. of they make so much money for their university and well what about these other kids you know what about the the, the bowling team what about you know the yeah. you know the divers and the swimmers you know that kind of thing so i think there's just a lot of there's a lot of people that don't think and realize, you know, just about the work that these other student athletes do. So
0: the people that say it are the ones who are like, Pay them. Right. Anyway, I'm gonna go back to my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah.
1: and then and, and just to end on that, you know, it's just the you also have to think about who are the ones that are gonna be staying the four years too, you know? Sure. Are these kids just gonna leave and go after their freshman or sophomore years, you know? So who do you want to invest your money in? So
0: I do want to ask you too, as a soccer coach, when you're preparing for games, what is that process like? Well, it, it just depends on, yeah. the,
1: I mean, usually, obviously the higher levels, you know, if you're in college, you're, you're definitely looking at video, you're, you're, it's much more specific. You know, you're looking at each opponent, you know, what are their preferences? What are they like? What do they don't, you know, what don't they like? you know are they left-footed right-footed you know are they going to pass more often than dribble you know that kind of stuff it's a lot more specific and uh, and position oriented where you know if you're doing club soccer or something like that there's you know really you're just sort of preparing them for mainly for your own team rather than mm-hmm. the team you're going up against at least specifically for me you know i, I would you know i would say this week we're going to focus on defense or something like that and then that way they're not having to worry about anything else specifically depending on you know the age that they are so if i'm coaching you know a u9 boys team which is what i had last mm. season i never said one thing about winning and losing during that entire year because it's just it's it's so much pressure to tell yeah. a nine-year-old kid or an eight-year-old kid that you need to win this game that i rather just say hey let's focus on defense let's focus on them not you know, the opponent's not getting a shot on goal. And if they do happen to get another a shot on goal, let's make sure they're not getting a second shot on goal. Yeah. You know, so you make it so specific in terms of just the minute little things with the smaller kids, because if you put that kind of pressure on them, they're just, they're just going to collapse and then you're just not going to get anything out of them.
0: Yeah. And certainly you're going to, unintentionally obviously, but take any fun out of it.
1: Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of coaches out there that just kind of yell and scream and and you know you've got a lot of players that just kind of sit there on the field you know because I, I grew up with some of that too. I had some coaches like that where yeah. you just kind of look to the sideline and, and you're just kind of like, oh gosh, here we go again <laughs> you know that kind of thing and it just yeah. takes it takes it out of you know it takes the fun out of the game because they're more concerned about as a coach you know making sure that they're heard from the ref and yeah it's not very pleasant to watch
0: i highly doubt any soccer player started playing because they just say like, i just want to win yeah exactly. as opposed to yeah. loving the thing and going from there and right, just
1: getting better yeah and, and
0: granted obviously there are exceptions to the rule but right. what do you love about coaching hmm.
1: well it, it's funny i you know i've been i've had the i guess a label as a coach now for what since 2003 that's okay. when i first oh, wow. started um because i was a Assistant coach at Sylvan Hills with the boys' high school team. And yeah. Then, yeah, so I was basically 19 years old coaching kids that were 16, 17, and 18. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, so um, I've What was that went, like? Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, you know, and, and that's just the, the thing is, honestly, is that when you're that young and you've never really coached before, your first thought is, well, I played soccer, so I must know how to coach it. Yeah. And it's just like any other sport. You know, I think there was a podcast you had before where you talked about Michael Jordan and him being a, you know, doing GM stuff and being an owner and the possibility of him being a coach. And no, there's just, there's certain parts of, you know, a player's sort of approach to them wanting to be a coach that's just not going to correlate when they actually do become a coach. And that's what ended up happening with me. I thought that I was a player. I played for, you know, since I was four, so I must know everything. And it was just the furthest thing from the truth. And... You know, we had some good players and we did well, but that second year when I actually became the official head coach and we lost some talent, you know, it became real tough. And yeah. you know, I didn't know what to do as a 20-year-old, you know, to try to solve that problem. And, uh, you know, at the end of the season, it just, I don't know what we were. We were maybe 3 and 10, 3 and 11, something like that. And, yeah. and just, you know, it just, it was a wake-up call to sort of say, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. And, I need to do as much as I can to, to, to learn about the game. And one of the things I realized too is that when you're a coach, there's probably nothing more important than having a solid mentor. To just kind of help you and someone who's been there and can sort of teach you the teach you the ropes and, and yeah, lessen that learning yeah, curve you know, yeah exactly i mean it's basically you're straight up star wars you know you're you're learning you know from your master and yeah. and you're doing everything you can to just close your mouth and just listen and i had that with probably my biggest mentor which was his name was freddie delgado who's the head coach at university of arkansas Leroy. and i spent three seasons there with him and I learned more about the game of soccer than I would have ever learned being by myself. And I learned in three years' time. And because of that, he and, and the other, you know, the assistant, Chris McNaughton, they basically just sort of taught me what it was to be a coach, you know, what you need to do, what you don't need to do. And, you know, of course, they were totally fine with if they made mistakes, they tell me why they did it, what they did wrong, and how we need to fix it. And that kind of correlated to me kind of going on and getting to that next level as a coach. So I think for any young coach who wants to kind of climb up the ladder, because that's basically what it is in the coaching world. You want to climb up that ladder, go to the highest level you can. That You know, you, you got to find some people that know the game, try to get in with them, pay your dues and just learn how to be a better coach and when i asked freddie during our interview because that's that's what i did i asked him this one question i just said you know freddie how do you become a better coach and he just kind of looked at me and says well you know zach you got a coach and and i was pissed when i heard that the first time because i thought oh there's gonna be some crazy insightful knowledge that's gonna be you know there's gonna be fireworks and this orchestral music being played while he says this amazing thing and then
0: you're supposed to tell me and now i'm supposed to know yeah yeah. and he just tells
1: me this you know (laughs) that oh you got a coach and yeah i was like okay and and it took me years to realize what exactly he meant you know you just yeah put your time in yeah and um you know i've been Thankful for him and, and Chris McNaughton since that day, so I have no complaints at all.
0: Thinking about um, how just because you're a player doesn't mean it'll you know, translate to being a coach, or that it's kind of just two totally different muscles. Mm-hmm. The thing that came to mind immediately was Trent Dilfer as an analyst, because <laughs> <laughs> yes. then i out
1: of like yes,
0: you know when he was a player, they won the Super Bowl in spite of him, right? Exactly. that otherworldly possibly greatest defense of all time with the ravens Uh and he was just there to not fuck it up exactly and even then it was questionable (laughs) but (laughs) but then he's an analyst and now he's like a quarterback guru Mm -hmm. and he has his own camp yeah and when it started in my brain i'm like what does this guy know he wasn't a great quarterback Mm -hmm. yeah but then that's doesn't mean you can't be a great mind right with limited physical tools right well at least relative to what it is to be the top level quarterback
1: yeah and and you and you look at some of the the better coaches now a lot of these coaches are some of them are backups and and the reason for that is the reason why they're so good is because you just spend time being around great coaches and great players and you even if you're not playing you know, you're watching, you're listening, you're maybe developing your own kind of style of coaching even as a backup even then. So that's why you, you know, you've got Peterson who you know, with the Eagles end up winning a, a Super Bowl. You know, yeah. He was basically Brett Favre's backup for years. And um, it's not because he wasn't a great player, because obviously he was good enough to make the NFL, let's be honest. But you know he spent all that time just in the back, just watching probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time play and learning everything he could by the coaching staff. And when you're standing there on the sideline, you really don't have a whole lot to do other than watch the game. So you better be doing something, which that means you know, you're reading the playbook, you're, you're looking at different packages, you're, you're, you're listening to the coaching staff, you're doing everything that uh, maybe most people don't think about. You know, most people just think maybe you're just sitting there with a, a Gatorade in your hand drinking. You know?
0: Or you, know, you could be like Jonathan Moxon in Varsity Blues and mm. holding your clipboard and reading your book exactly for class yeah exactly well and that's you're... and that's a timely reference
1: right well you know there's 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 a time for studies and a time for football but you
0: know and don't worry john voigt will yell at you and let you know yeah, yeah. You with varsity blues <laughs> and i don't want your laugh and and et cetera. um yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i had a point but i completely lost it i guess i was i can only think of varsity blues and then the rest is Completely out of my head whatsoever. Any given
1: Sunday. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I like Little that weekend. movie. I haven't seen that movie yeah, in a long good. time. Yeah, yeah.
0: What's your favorite good. sports movie? Oh Lord,
1: why it's do you have really to tough. do that? Why do you have to sports. do that?
0: Um, I think mine is either White Men Can't Jump or Bull Durham. That is a very interesting
1: selection of two movies. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like um,
0: both the same director too.
1: Really. Ronald. Ron Shelton. Oh, yeah. I didn't know
0: that. I didn't know that. Um,
1: I would say, oh boy, Rudy's up there for sure.
0: Pretty great, yeah. You
1: know, that's real good. Uh, you know, I li- I've i always liked Major League. You know, it's a little, you know, it's got the sort of the, the funny humor stuff. But it's fun. Yeah, it, it makes it fun. And, you know, I think one sports movie, honestly, that I really do like a lot too, is Draft Day with Kevin Costner. I really do like that. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have. But, oh, yeah. I really like that movie. It's it's maybe not as the, it may not be your, your classic sports film, but it's, I think it capsulates definitely the the idea of behind the scenes and sports and something about it just kind of stood out to me. And I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie of all time, but yeah, definitely a good one if, if, if there's someone out there who hasn't watched it.
0: It's kind of the one of the rare sports movies that's like barely about sports. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. and it's like oh, it's like a procedural. Yeah, you yeah. just see this is a day in the life, right? And right. what they're doing, and I kind of enjoy. I enjoyed that element of it, mm-hmm. and uh,
1: yeah, it's kind of like a Die <clears throat> Hard is a Christmas movie. That kind of situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. God's gonna <laughs> piss some people off. <laughs> sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> I enjoy it. Ruffle some people's feathers. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know. It's been a minute since I've seen that movie, but. I didn't join. I remember when that script came out too. Mm-hmm. Not that the team matters, but it was originally sure. the Buffalo Bills. Oh, really? Okay. And then they moved to the Cleveland because I think Cleveland was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah sure. Just give me, get please. us something.
1: Yeah, get us on TV, please. Anything. Yeah, exactly.
0: We haven't had a quarterback <laughs> since Elvis <laughs> Gerbach. Oh,
1: God. No, no, no. You say that proudly.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess sorry. It's we haven't had a quarterback since Derek Anderson. Oh yes. Cool. All six foot six. Mm-hmm mannequin of him like god what a he actually had a decent season or two i think yeah
1: wow. yeah a couple of seasons yeah a couple of seasons i think it was baker mayfield's first season i think they actually i think they made it to the playoffs and then last oh, wow. season they, yeah
0: that they, feels like it was a long time ago right? yeah it was, oh, it
1: was a long time yeah it was time. it like two three years ago it was a, uh, well my 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 time period and you're an, an oklahoma sooner fan sooner. too right? i am i am yeah my yeah. man my parents both went to oklahoma my grandparents went to oklahoma and uh yeah oh yeah it's it's something that's sort of instilled to you. You just kind of I, I I remember growing up I had my Robin Hood action figures. Yeah, nice. that's right. I said it. And uh <laughs> I remember like playing with them and, and trying to do like a, a wishbone offense with my Robin Hood figures, just like OU would do their wishbone offense. But
0: uh yeah, now it's already a coach. I know, I know. Whoa. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you think Lincoln Lincoln Riley's gonna go to the NFL eventually? Uh, I think
1: eventually he will. I think he's so young and he's accomplished so much so already. I know he hasn't had a national championship yet, but I think he's just done so much that
0: with he's that, very impressive. He's yeah, he's
1: just got a he has a great mind for the game, and I think you know any I think any NFL team would be you know ridiculous not to have him as their head coach. He's he's very talented. He knows how to. I mean, hell, he's got what two Heisman Trophy winners that he's coached. So
0: far. So both quarterbacks. It's weird. Like he's so feels like he has not been that long really, Mm -hmm. but he already feels so automatic in what he does. Yeah. And, and the level of excellence Mm -hmm. that he's established in such a short amount of time that it's like, there are players that could very well if if, uh, not win a Heisman because they're just used to that.
1: Right.
0: Right. You know, it's like just this embarrassment of, of statistical riches. Mm hmm yeah and it feels like that's where it's at or yeah. close to it oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> anything you want to point people toward before we bid everyone a d uh
1: just please wear your mask everyone we're nowhere close to being done with this and i think for my sake for my wife who's currently pregnant sake you know yeah. please wear a mask and try to keep everybody safe. And I know it may not be comfortable. I know it may get hot, maybe hard to breathe, but it's the same for everybody else. And I'd rather everyone be healthy than, than be stubborn. So
0: couldn't agree more. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. I know. Thanks I, I really enjoyed me. it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So yes, please, everybody wear a mask, stay safe, be kind, be well, and goodbye.